0: Welcome to SkyCast episode 45, a podcast dedicated to all things The 100. I'm Brittany Perlman. And I'm Sarah McCabe. And today we'll be discussing season 7, episode 2, The Garden. So as always, let's take a few minutes to talk about how we feel about this episode. Yeah, well, I I definitely feel split. Um, There was,
1: I would say I loved about 75% of it. Okay. And I thought the other 25% was very, very rough
0: okay um which we'll talk
1: about yeah
0: <laughs> what about you well I want to say that I think just by comparison this episode gets a big boost for me because I had so much I had so many problems with episode one that just by this sheer comparison like mm-hmm. this was a fun episode it was a fun talk episode. about like like structurally there, there you know I don't think it was a perfect episode it was definitely not flawless um but as far as like enjoyment and, like, what this show can do, this was a positive overall experience for me. And so, you know, again, I have quibbles, we have thoughts, uh, again, we'll pick this thing apart through and through, but overall, I did really enjoy it, and there were a lot of, there are a lot of pieces about this that I would say I really loved. I personally was just thrilled to get out of, like, the Sanctum
1: bullshit, so... <laughs> yeah, I
0: mean, just... Endless Octavia and Dioza forever Well like
1: everything in this episode was at least fun It was at least stuff that
0: I was excited about Well yeah and also deeply interesting Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, Both like on a character level and a plot level Again, neither of those things were perfect But we'll (laughs) talk about it later Um, Before we get into the episode I just wanted to take a quick minute And remind you guys to go rate and review us on iTunes Again it helps other fans of The 100 find us In our last season together Mm -hmm. so please go and take a second and do that for us and we really appreciate it
1: very much so thanks guys um all right so with that let's get into recap all righty so we pick up right after octavia rushed into the anomaly back in season six when she comes out on the other side, she's underwater, and after swimming to the surface, she discovers she's on a new planet. She hears Diosa screaming and runs to her, finding her in the middle of giving birth. Because while Octavia was only seconds behind Dioza running into the anomaly, it turns out Dioza has been here for months. Octavia helps Diosa give birth, and then Diosa passes out, leaving Octavia with a newborn hope.
0: Yeah, so um, this was a great opening sequence, and I, I loved The way that they edited this Where in the um, In the previously on section They have the trio Walking into the anomaly Mm -hmm. And then it cuts Immediately with Octavia Rising out of it Underwater Um, I thought that was a great Editing technique And again uh, Well for the first time I really I I just want to say Like I thought overall This episode had Great editing Like the um, The director The the, the style of directing In this episode I thought was fantastic Mm -hmm. Uh, And I do think it like Helped sort of amplify some of its flaws but also amplify some of the really great things about this episode too sure i, I do love the way that they switched between the like quote-unquote
1: present day and then the past with octavia and deals on hope. yeah and there's like
0: a lot of transitions in this episode where they do that very very well mm-hmm. um that i i really appreciated
1: um question for you so is this planet supposed to have a ring itself or is it like a moon of a planet with a ring i thought it was a planet they
0: refer to it as a planet, but they that do, doesn't mean anything. They do
1: refer to it as a planet, but, I mean, we kind of, like, refer to Sanctum as a planet, too. Um, just because – I and I, am, I could be totally wrong about this because I'm not an expert by any means, but planets that are big enough to have a ring usually are, like, gas giant planets. Like, they're too large to support life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I – like, again, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it made me question,
0: like – what this planet really
1: was this is
0: a good question Yeah I don't I don't know if this is like Hand-wavy science stuff Or if you're right And it is on a moon uh, That would be cool I guess I don't know If it really matters but It doesn't <laughs> I don't think it matters To answer that No <laughs> <laughs> But it's fun to think about Yeah Um, I have to say though Like Dioza is So chill For a woman giving birth Like She's like Oh hey Octavia I'm glad you're here Like I was just in the middle of labor Like no big deal <laughs> like, and, like I mean like as much as I, I love her being like, "Oh my God, I'm so glad you're here. I was scared to do this by myself." Well, well I'm like, she would have been fine by her. She was fine. Oh yeah, she like, was. She was very chill. And she's like I mean, chill as a cucumber. Hey, she had seal training. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that Diosa does, I think, can just relate back to her seal training. I mean, clearly, Octavia does. <laughs> I know. Says much later. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought you know, it's just funny when she's like. I don't know if I can do this. I'm like, you're Diosa. You can definitely yeah, handle this. She's, like she's she's cool. Yeah. You are <laughs> awesome. Um, and she has a great one-liner when Octavia tells her to think of someplace happy, and she goes, not a lot of choices there. And just like her delivery was so great. And it's fun to have this actor, um, whose name I cannot pronounce, Ivana M. I- Ivana <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna call her Ivana M. <laughs> uh I love when they give her comedy because she's so good at it.
1: Oh, my God. I mean, that that's all Dioza is. It's just a comedy show. She is. And it's awesome.
0: But it's, like, wrapped up in this super capable, badass, powerful woman who's very, like, on first appearances, very threatening. And you don't always associate that with comedy. And so it's extra fun when she gets to get these cute, fun singers, of which there are a lot in this episode. Absolutely.
1: Um, I personally really loved Octavia helping Dioza, like give birth she was like pumping her up and cheering her on she was like you can do this and i was like
0: yes you can do this dios <laughs> i just really thought they had a cute um camaraderie there as she was giving birth yeah and like you know it was like going through the anomaly sort of like cleared up all the the baggage that they had been carrying around with each other because at this point you know like they were friendly, but they were not friends. I wouldn't... I wouldn't... I
1: disagree with you. I think by that point, they had become friends. I mean, Octavia ran into
0: the anomaly I after guess that's Dioza. true. I guess that's true. Well, I, I guess I would say they were reluctant friends. <laughs> um. At this point, they're just straight-up friends. Like, yeah, I mean, like, they're, I guess that they're, goes...
1: you are ready to embrace each that other. That goes into my next point, where Dioza calling Octavia my friend is my favorite thing that's ever happened. This is all I've wanted. It's impossible for me to like think back to where these two started where they were on opposite sides of the war two serpents one garden you know and and they've just really come together and now they're a family
0: and I love it yeah I mean like that's the kind of character growth and the sort of relationship growth that you want to see that is the most fun for us to sink our teeth into right it's Mm -hmm. it's frustrating when characters keep making the same mistakes and don't learn from them and also when you you want a relationship to move forward uh either for good or for bad and they don't and they're just sort of treading water that's when the show starts to get frustrating i think Diosa and octavia are an excellent example of how to progress a relationship in a really satisfying way for the viewer
1: yeah i mean i do think in terms of treading water that's something that octavia and bellamy have been doing for seven seasons now um and so i really am looking forward to seeing how their story is 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 ended and hopefully like comes to fruition all of these things that we've been wanting to happen for seven
0: years absolutely and marie's given quite a few interviews i i don't know who her personal publicist is but they need a raise um (laughs) and (laughs) speaking as a publicist myself i'm just watching this and i'm like how are you doing this (laughs) um (laughs) you should maybe work on commission (laughs) um but in, on most of her interviews, she's talked about how deeply um, connected she feels to Octavia and how satisfied she is with the way that Octavia's storyline ends this season. And so I'm very hopeful that we will see that sort of catharsis and, and um, regenerate regeneration of their of Bellamy and Octavia's relationship
1: yeah I think so too and I I really liked the moment here when Octavia did the like pinky and mouth trick which is what Bellamy did to her I know it was so cute and I love the idea too that he like has told her that story many times enough for her to remember that you know this is what you do when you're you know mother
0: the mother of this child just passes out and you're stuck with a newborn baby yeah but like you know think about like the different circumstances of that because he he must have told her that story in both a loving and like affectionate older brother kind of way but also like why do you need to shush that baby so badly like upon her birth you know like the the stakes are so different there and so it's just interesting to think about like the the context the filter that Octavia must have like like internalized from from him even saying that to her just like from the minute she existed she was unwelcome or not safe as opposed to Hope who like comes into this world and is embraced and like coddled and like adored Um, Not that Bellamy and her mom didn't adore her, but, like, there was so much secrecy and and stress around her existence. She was born with trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And obviously, and we've
1: definitely talked about this ad nauseum, but that is, in large part, if not in all part, the reason why Octavia is just so screwed up and has been so screwed up these last seven years. And I think this... Um, Time with Dioza and then obviously uh, going back to last season but really it's like in the future from now her um, trip into her past quote-unquote with Pike I think those two things are really going to help unravel all of that angst
0: yeah and I also think this episode I mean they go to so many lengths in this episode to set up the parallels between Hope and Octavia I mean just in this Um, action of putting her little pinky in her mouth and like the way that you know she adores her and even you know verbalizes like thank you Belle thank you for teaching me this thank you for showing me how to be an older sibling or parent of some kind mashup Mm -hmm. um you know I think we're the comparisons of Octavia and Hope are super interesting Um, And also Octavia's relationship to Hope Is super interesting in that context And we can talk about that more later Definitely Um, But let's move on
1: Yeah So we flash forward to right after Gabriel, Echo, and Hope Went through the anomaly at the end of last episode When they emerge from the lake Hope tells them the planet is called Skyring And they realize she remembers her life Then she takes off running to the cabin, where she shows Echo and Gabriel another anomaly stone hidden underground. Hope's plan was to use the code on her Trust Bellamy node to activate the anomaly stone and get her to Bardo, where Bellamy and Dioza are, but unfortunately the lake water washed away the code. (laughs) Um... So I guess, first off, the question is, why does Hope gain back her memories here going
0: through the anomaly? It's such a good question, and I feel like we obviously don't have the answer. It's supposed to still be a question, right? It's a big question. It's It's, a huge question mark in this episode. It's bizarre. The only
1: thing I can think of is, like, if you go, um, like, backward through the anomaly, you could lose memory. No, that can't be it. I think it could be, like, maybe you lose memories going one way, and then if you go through the anomaly again, you can gain them back maybe I don't know why I mean it
0: doesn't make any sense I mean I think that's a super cool theory actually I didn't even thought about that but that would make I mean in some sense like I could see that I just feel like it's got something to do with the way the anomaly code works and like how the codes are like assigned to different people and they work on different I don't know I I it's got I I feel like there's some it's it's like some reveal coming from the time pirates um and Yeah, we just don't have the answer yet. Yeah, but keep an eye out for that one. For sure.
1: Um, And so, okay, my, my, like, biggest question here is what was Hope searching for when she first rushes into the cabin? Because I have, like, thought about this over and over again, and I cannot
0: figure out what she was looking for. I don't think we found out. I just don't think they ever revealed it. I don't think we got it. And I'm not sure if we're going to get it or if that's just going to be, like, a thread that they leave loose. Um, Well, I, I mean, like, the question is what what could she have
1: been looking for i mean obviously at this point she wanted to um get
0: to bardo maybe maybe she was like maybe they had like stowed away like a extra juice to like transport you or a tag or something that they could oh another locator like a locator that she had like store stored there of some kind that like Somebody along the way had like Given them or she'd stolen or something I mean that's possible but You know I think it's more
1: likely Given that she had the code and wrote down the like code to get her to to bardo before she even went across to sanctum um why would you want to stab yourself deep in the stomach with a locator tag when you could just like have the code so like it's weird for me that that she first went to look for whatever this other thing was and then didn't realize the code was screwed
0: up and washed away until later you know that's true i don't know i like i, I-, like, I mean It's very possible that you and I missed something. Guys, if we missed something, please let us know. You know, we watched it several times, and I just... I can't figure it out. I wonder
1: if it could be something that we'll learn in uh, episode four when we probably find out more about her relationship with... um, Dev. Dev. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maybe it was, like, something they did together or something of his that she hid or, or something like that. Yeah,
0: that's very possible, too. I mean... There's a lot of questions. Yeah. Around, I hope we get the this.
1: answer though, because it's gonna irritate me if we don't. And I
0: also am wondering if it's just like a, um, you know, a byproduct of having such a frenetic episode, which again we'll talk about more. But like, there were, there was a lot of stuff happening, and I'm not sure that every single beat got the attention that it deserved. Yeah. Um, and that might be one of them. Uh, so speaking, <laughs> speaking of the time pirates, um, <laughs> we are officially introduced to this new group of people called the Disciples with a capital D. Um, Which is interesting to me because it is yet another new population With this like religious affiliated word Um, You know it's super on brand for this show Uh, You know the 100 is constantly interrogating this tension between technology and faith And these are obviously highly technologically advanced people with time traveling suits Mm -hmm. um, And yet are still have this like organization that is grounded and based on, like, a faith sort of concept, Um, which I think is really interesting and a little scary. I'm more scared of them if they're faithful than I am if they're just technologically advanced.
1: Well, yeah, I I do think that it sounds like they're pretty faithful, Um, but I, I don't know. I'm a little... Nervous to see how they play out this same storyline again because I think we've gotten it several times in the hundred. It's true, um, and so I hope that there's like a different spin they can put on it. I mean, obviously, you know, you just say like the disciples, and I'm like, oh,
0: tell me more. But yeah, no, I mean, it's it's super intriguing, and I'm not I'm not mad at the show for returning to these kinds of concepts because that's what the show is. No, I'm not mad at it, but I do. Think that occasionally The show hits
1: on a point A little too hard too many times You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure I, so I, I, am a, I agree I want I want it to be fresh I want it to be new Um, Especially since this season We're supposed to learn The like moral Quote unquote of the story Of well, this Jason whole Well Jason did series. say It won't be until the, the last episode so. Well, I don't I think that I think that we're going to be Learning pieces of Whatever quote unquote Moral he wants us to learn The whole way And then it will like Finally kind of like the last puzzle piece will fit into place in episode
0: My 16. My trust in Jason being able to convey a moral message to me and me receiving it is, is getting slimmer and slimmer <laughs> by the day. So we'll see. Yeah. Um.
1: Well, I, have, I, mean, I mean, whatever
0: uh, he conveys, whether it's successful or not,
1: there is one that he has in mind. So I guess I'm curious how, how this that season will play into
0: what he has in mind. That's fair. I do have a question about this why do these disciples want Octavia back and like how did hope get mixed up with them in the first place because they we see they leave her on the planet at the end of the episode um and who is hope's friend on the inside well yeah cuz you could you could think her friend on the inside was Dev but, but I don't we so. see his, his body there. Right.
1: So, so I'm assuming not. Um that's a great question. And I had 3 questions. <laughs> and yes, I'm going to answer them one by one. <laughs> yes. Um so why do the disciples want Octavia back? I think she definitely escaped from them we saw last season when she was coming out of the anomaly gabriel or someone had mentioned that it looks like she was running from something true Um, good point so i think that she like got away like they didn't let her go and so they sent hope out to recapture her Um, under threat of her mother yes yeah okay um how does hope get mixed up with them i have to believe it has something to do with dev just because she was so quick um she's so quick later to figure out like Oh, the prisoner has to stay here this many years. I guess that's how long we're staying here. And it sounds like she's done it before. So yeah. her friend Dev, maybe like she stayed with him for his whole sentence, and then I like don't know they why they like
0: concocted a plan together and it yeah. went awry. Yeah, I
1: mean clearly, clearly. it didn't clearly go well. it
0: went awry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Hope's friend
1: on the inside, I have no idea. Yeah, truly none. Yeah, I I don't know because the only characters that we know are in bardo are dioza her mother which is not her friend on the inside octavia is not her friend on the inside and then bellamy's there but she's never met him before so question mark well
0: we think she's never met him before
1: Mm, yeah i mean yeah i don't think in this situation i'm not totally ruling out time travel because i still don't trust jason when he says no time travel but i think in this situation it, it it's not like we can go back in time on bardo time just moves slower yes No, so I, understand I, that. I don't think that she could have met bellamy yet because, because he just got there is what yeah you're yeah okay that makes sense yeah okay <laughs> um so i guess you know the the question has to be guys when mm-hmm. you bring up disciples are they related to cadigan i had to really like eat my own um rant <laughs> obsession from the trailer episode that we did because the guy here is not Cadigan.
0: Yeah. Feel very vindicated. But I why have... don't you just leave them like face matching to me?
1: That's I, fair. That's fair. Yeah. I, I will <laughs> let that go. I, I should have known they wouldn't share Cadigan's face in the trailer because that would be such a big giveaway. I just feel so vindicated. Well but them. also this like I like this better because when I was thinking he was the guy in the trailer the guy obviously had like lost touch with reality and so i didn't think he could be a major player for the big bad and i'm still not really sure how Cadigan could be the big bad given that he would be very very old unless you know he got a mind drive too um which i guess is not a- impossible but cadogan I-, I i just feel like bringing in the disciples and also referencing back to Second Dawn um, in the last episode. And, of course, we're having the prequel coming up soon. It just kind of all seems to be circling around the same thing, you know? And that that, that, thing, that thing is catigan
0: Cat- <laughs> catigan is the center of gravity for yes. which all things revolve. <laughs> it's just some cult-sounding shit. we will just say that. It does. I will 100% agree and support that. <laughs> it sounds like a cult. Which, again, makes me very nervous. Um, and the
1: head of the cult or at least the like the guy in charge that we know of at this point um has been named anders and mm-hmm. he's he's considered quote unquote the head of the disciples so i'm not sure if that means that one he's like the master or two he's like the head disciple he's you know? the manager yeah right yeah <laughs> he's <laughs> like, like the he's, boss or the manager he's like Which number two it? yeah <laughs> i don't know it's I, a good I, question. I think. It
0: feels more likely to me that he's, like, number two, not the real master. I agree because I think just the way in which, and we'll talk about this more later, but the the way in which the master is said with such reverence, it's almost like a holy, like like, like the pope, you know? You wouldn't, like, you call him by his first name. You would always refer to him as, like, the Pope X. Mm-hmm. So it's weird to me that they would, like, switch between saying something like the master and then just like Anders yeah I saw him getting coffee earlier <laughs> like, like those don't they don't match in tone yeah um so that's I also agree with you
1: I had people I saw people on Twitter saying that Anders is supposed to be the guy who like Clark and uh, or who goes to Clark and is like you're the key to saving mankind yeah that's what I was he had been too. called Captain Meredith earlier well on. it could
0: be Captain Anders Meredith well I know,
1: or or Meredith Anders you know like I, I think that it's possible that I think yeah I think it's likely Anders is probably a first name or a last name. Okay, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. What <laughs> um, but I, I, I am curious to see if he's the leader. Why he's the one who's kind of out on this mission to see Clark and them, if that is the case. Like, yeah. Um, and we find out here that the anomaly is really a bridge, and the bridge, I guess, only leads to one place at a time. Yeah. Is what we understand, it's like it's like a train, and it just makes stops along the way. Exactly. <laughs> it's like a, it's like the subway station. Yeah. Um, point and so, A to point B. <laughs> so my question is, can you like can you program the anomaly stone to, like, take you other places? I know that you can obviously do the locator tag, um, or, like, what Octavia did, which was she had Hope's code on her back, and then when they pressed in the code to the anomaly stone, it, like, sucked her It in. sucked Hope into the anomaly and through. But I
0: don't know if it works the other way. Like, if you have a code... Can I just p- say that would fucking suck you're just like hanging out reading a book minding your own business and then all of a sudden you get like (laughs) sucked into a vortex pop out in this murderous planet (laughs) to be fair i think hope was expecting it i mean she seemed
1: very prepared whatever um you made me lose my point sorry (laughs) uh oh so so can you like have a code to, like, a place you want to go and then program it in and have it take you there? Or is it really only just one-stop? One-stop shop? Yeah, no,
0: (laughs) I I mean, that's a good question. It's unclear at this point. I mean, there's a lot of pedantics (laughs) in this episode, so... out of control. Yeah. Um, I will say, watching Gabriel, like, learn more and more facets and aspects about this anomaly, or now as we know it as a bridge, is just endlessly entertaining. Like, I could just watch him learn things all day like <laughs> goad is otp and by goad i mean like code that encapsulates everything to do with the anomaly it's really like the anomaly in gabe it should be gabonim G- nope nope G- i'm gonna gonna stick with G- goad yeah <laughs> i'm sticking with goad but when i say goad i really mean everything that encapsulates the anomaly and the bridge um and i've now ins- i think it's like more of like gabriel and mystery No, it's really the anomaly. Like,
1: it's really and truly the anomaly. But it is the anomaly, but also, like, you know, I think he is just excited – to be off of Sanctum And he's like Oh look It's my friend He
0: has a mind drive Oh look like I, I Oh yeah. look it's Becca You know Yeah yeah, That's true I like, mean I guess This all kind of Plays into the anomaly It for does him. He's like had the I mean it was like Him and Russell At the beginning Trying to figure out The anomaly Like it's like Driven his like Whole life True But
1: I just think Back to episode This last episode When he was talking About ray guns And I, I honestly Just think that He is just Very excited He's by just a things. big fat nerd
0: <laughs> And I'm installing Or er, instituting A new drinking game Which is like Anytime Gabe says Something related To like in incredible or astonishing or amazing or gets that like twinkle in his eye take shot he said incredible now every episode Episode. I know know we've only had two but (laughs) it's incredible he's two for two and it's like inflection when he says it like he's so good I'm obsessed with him um something else unrelated that I wanted to call out about this scene is uh Hope is talking about rescuing Tioza and she says to echo my mother my responsibility Obviously, it's clear this person was raised by Octavia if we needed any uh, any further proof. Um, I do think it's interesting, though, that this is the first time that this phrase is inverted. So it's like Bellamy said it, like, my sister, my responsibility. Octavia has said it, my brother, my responsibility. This is the first time where a child has said it about a parent, which I think is interesting. Not like, I don't think there's a lot to discuss there, but it's yeah. just worth noting.
1: Yeah. it That, I mean... I wish this sentiment would go away, (laughs) because I don't think it's true, and I think it's a little, um, uh, it's not healthy. It's a little toxic. Well, I I do think it is
0: very, um, like, especially once they're all adults, you know? Well, that's what I was going to say. I I think it's very, like, oversimplistic. Um, it simplifies very complicated matters into, like, a single purpose, and, like, especially, I think it's more, even more so when it's a child speaking of her parent, like it is not the child's responsibility to save a parent. Like it's just not, you, you can want to save your loved ones. That's absolutely fine. Um, but as far as onus or responsibility goes, those, those are not the same thing. We, and I think, I think really going back to Octavia and
1: Bellamy and their relationship, um, you know, Octavia was like, I mean, she was, she was a teenager, but she was about a grown ass woman and Bellamy was still like, controlling her life in that way that like your life is my responsibility and even you know when it's flipped around with Octavia being like my brother my responsibility or even my well my people my responsibility is a little bit um more nebulous and I'm not as um against that but I just don't like that idea that like another person's life is your responsibility you know I think there's other
0: and like the responsibility factor especially when in like the context of Bellamy in season one was like it was like a like it allowed you to control them Um, or like at least gave you the like the ability to control them through almost like guilt Mm -hmm. it was it was it's yeah I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you I think they could retire this phrase and I wouldn't miss it I wonder
1: if this will be the last time that we hear it. Possibly. Um, and I just wanted to hit on one more note here because this scene was the first scene that we saw with Hope Octavia or Hope Gabriel and Echo. Um, but even in this very first scene, it was extremely clear to me that they are cramming way too much information into. Way too little time Oh my god yeah I just kept thinking My mother watches this show um, And she's like a very like Typical kind of Layman watcher She's not like us She doesn't watch it Multiple times She doesn't comb through Like reviews and things Um And she was even confused In episode one Of this season So I just kept Like watching this
0: And being like My mom is gonna have No idea what's going on I'm gonna have to explain This whole episode to her No it's true It's very sloppy Like this whole bit With Echo And Octavia I mean Echo hope and yeah gabriel Gabriel is so sloppy i mean it's info dumping it's so much exposition they are switching through a variety of topics and you know um cause and effect lines of thinking like you know filtering through them at at a pace that like no human could digest
1: Yeah, I mean, once. I, as an editor, um, one of my biggest skills, I think, is world building and helping an author kind of relay their world in a way that feels organic and isn't, it's and, and easy to understand. And not
0: overwhelming, yeah.
1: Yeah, but with this, I, I think, what I always tell my authors is, like, simplicity is key. So even if you have a lot of world building, the key is to make it all, like, break it down to its, like, most simple um, elements and stick with those. You don't need to add like a bunch of details that add, you know, twists and turns to things um, because it just gets sloppy. Like you said. Um, And we'll see this a little bit more in another scene with um, hope and Gabriel that really stuck out to me is like,
0: this is, this is unneeded information. And it's also like, you know, I feel like there's a little bit of like game of Thrones season eight symptoms where it's like, this is the final season. They have a lot of plot to get through and they're just Literally stuffing episodes with things that they wouldn't in earlier and previous seasons would take some time to let breathe Mm -hmm. and to like like live in and digest a little bit and saturate so that like you have had time from week to week to process that info dump of that week and then you can build on it in the next week whereas like we just got like a whole like four episodes worth of information in four minutes yeah it was a lot it was a lot um But let's move on to the, uh, The one of my favorite parts of the episode. (laughs) So Octavia
1: is trying to calm baby Hope down when Dioza finally wakes up and gets to meet her daughter. Dioza tells Octavia that time must somehow move much faster on Skyring versus Sanctum, and there also appears to be no way off, which Octavia rejects. Dioza's happy to stay, but Octavia wants to leave.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I thought this was a really sweet scene. I love watching Octavia take care of baby Hope. I mean, she's had Hope for, what, 10 minutes? And if anything happened to her, she would kill everyone (laughs) and then herself. (laughs) Which is the Brooklyn Nine-Nine quote, if anyone didn't get that. Um, I just, I love how much she loves Hope. And it's, you know, not a... Fraughtless relationship But it is pure I mean I think that The
1: Blakes And their small children That they care for It's always been a thing With them Yeah They have They have
0: a weakness Yeah For sure <laughs> uh, Dioza has another Great zinger here too She's, She tells Octavia I just pushed something The size of a watermelon Out of something The size of a grape Which Look. I thought was hilarious <laughs> i know it's biology but that was a really
1: gross analogy and i don't like thinking about that so I, mean, <laughs> I didn't enjoy that part i had no problem with it i thought it was hilarious um but we do get to meet officially mom Diosa. i think we have saw little snippets of it um even last season when um Diosa was kind of <laughs> mentoring octavia in a way i know that she wasn't super motherly with octavia but i think that a little bit of the mom side of her came out um and obviously here it's very full force like she is 100% here for her child
0: for the rest of her life yeah she's momming and I love it yeah she's so good at it already um Dioza says that this is the place that makes her happy uh and it's it's a way for like both of them to be at peace which which is why the anomaly brought them there is what she tells Octavia that's a nice thought um (laughs) but what is the actual reason like is is that the real reason like why did the anomaly bring them both here so i think that's a great question and it
1: it made so much more sense back when we were like oh my god it's like the little swirly green, green guy like he's sentient he yeah just the wants swirly to, do he just wants to like wash octavia's hair it's like wonderful um it makes a lot less sense now that i'm About 95% sure That the anomaly isn't sentient The only thing I can think of is Maybe somehow The time pirates Were able to use the anomaly to call um, All of these
0: people In some way I don't know how Or why but like if that were true Then they would know they were there And they wouldn't be like we got this bottle from you Like 10 years later Yes But we also I mean for them
1: they were only there for what minutes days you know like they would have been there so quick but for dioza and octavia and them, it would have been years so i think like i think bardo could be um orchestrating things on their side and we're just seeing so much time go by on on skyring because obviously time just goes really fast um and not as much time as passing in bardo but honestly, like, I don't know. I think if I'm being, you know, truthful, I think the show's just going to be like, ooh, mystery, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Fate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but the reason I really love this scene is because, like, I'm with Dioza. Like, just stay here. It's pretty. It's peaceful sometimes. <laughs> Most of the time. Most of the time, as far as they know. Um, I do have a question, and it's that... Does this whole planet literally have nothing but plants and
0: jellyfish? Are those the two things that it has? (laughs) (laughs) I think this section, yes. I don't know if that's true for the whole planet, but I don't know how far they've explored. Yeah. How many, how much distance they've covered. I just I like, wouldn't bet money on it. Like just jellyfish, the
1: jellies. That's it. <laughs> I mean, there's like not even anything else in the water. It just seems weird that it would be like plankton. just jellyfish <laughs> that have evolved. You know, coral reefs. <laughs> um, and I also have no desire to eat jellyfish. Like that texture no. doesn't seem you know like something I would want to put in my mouth. But you know you gotta do what you gotta you do. Get hungry enough. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but it definitely is, I wanted to call out, a little jarring because in this scene specifically, and even in later scenes in this episode, we really have gone back to Surly Octavia from last season before she had her, like, epiphany, um, which makes sense because obviously this is all before that, um... It's kind of fun that we're going back in time a little right now, but, uh, we, yeah, so we haven't seen her transformation, um,
0: and so she's still acting like a little bitch sometimes, you know? She's, again, she has trauma. Yeah. And she's not, um, she's much better. She's way better than she used to be at this stage. Sure. But... I mean, I think Dioza helped her immensely, even last season. Of course she did. And I think being with Dioza and having her presence and influence on her is good for her, ultimately. Um, But yeah, she has not had her moment of catharsis yet, so... She's got some issues. Yeah, and I think that
1: actually makes it more entertaining to watch this episode because we see a little bit how she evolves throughout the the (laughs) decade that she's here. A decade, guys. Jesus. A decade. She looks great. I was very wrong when I was like four years. I I thought I was like, you know, that's such a long time. She's older than Bellamy now. Yeah. She's the big sister. Ha ha. (laughs) My, my, my. (laughs) How the tables have turned. The timetables have And. And truly, I mean, I guess we don't know if there's going to be anything, like, timey happening with Bellamy. Um, but if there isn't, and if she really is just older than Bellamy, and they don't call that out at some point, i that's not cool. You no. got to call it out. That would be a missed opportunity, but let's... Especially because she always calls him big brother. Um, and obviously, he no longer is her big brother. Although, like, size-wise, I think, he is. I think the idea of, like, a older sibling is more of a... Um, and I it's a concept it's not an age I guess So that makes sure, any sense sure so <laughs> When Echo realizes that Hope's code can't get them to Bardo, she takes off after the anomaly, but Hope tells her the dive will kill her. Inside, Gabriel tries and fails to recreate the code on the paper when Hope comes back in. She reveals that the code on Octavia's back was to bring Hope through the anomaly, and that when she stabbed Octavia, she wasn't killing her, she was inserting a location tag so the disciples could bring Octavia through the anomaly. Suddenly they discover a man hiding in the house who attacks them before he runs out. Hope tells them that the man is a prisoner from Bardo. Hope's new plan is to find the prisoner and keep him alive until his sentence is up, five years later, according to the numbers on his arm. And Echo is understandably not thrilled with this plan.
0: As neither am I, just for the record. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a fan of that. Um First off, I I truly understand why Hope doesn't understand Bellamy's effect on people um and is frustrated by his effect on people but she's never met him so once she does meet him she will understand yeah he just needs to like gaze
1: at her as he gazes at people and she'll like, be like oh okay yeah I get it just like get one <laughs> of those big brown eyed yeah stares from Little Bellamy puppy dog uh <laughs> then you'll
0: get it, Hope. Then you'll know. I'm actually very excited for Hope to meet Bellamy. I am excited for everyone to meet Bellamy. <laughs> there is no one that I'm not excited to meet Bellamy. I'm pretty sure. You mean just like us meeting Bellamy again? No, I just mean like future like characters. I just think
1: he's fun to pair people up with. Definitely. Um, so yeah, the Octavia learned here that, or Echo learned here that Octavia was on Skyring for 10 years, um, which I think is interesting just because... Obviously, Octavia and Echo interacted a little bit last season after Hope or after. Echo, oh my God, there's so many names. I know. After Octavia came back through the anomaly, and I think all of these characters had no idea the like transformation that Octavia would have went through. I mean, like, you know what I mean? It yeah. just, they thought that they had just left her in the forest a few days ago, but really, for her, it's been a
0: decade. Seriously, <laughs> I mean, obviously, she didn't, she didn't remember, remember, but. It's freaky to think about. It's true. And I think that realization like really plays on Echo. And and also I think it's especially concerning because right now she's being told she's going to be stuck here for half that time. Yeah. And that reality is now super sinking in. Yeah. Um, so this is the other scene that I thought they were just really in the
1: weeds about the world building, um, this anomaly code thing, where they kind of dig into what a biometric signature slash consciousness code is, and we it's got the like fact... wrote just throw nine
0: different syllables at the wall at the same time.
1: Yeah, we got the fact that um, Octavia had Hope's biometric code written on her back, which... I don't honestly feel like they knew that last season. They did not. Uh, when they were writing it, I mean. Um, and then we found out that Octavia wasn't really stabbed with, like, a weapon. She was stabbed with a locator tag, which is what pulled her through. And I'm just like, oh, my
0: gosh, you guys. Simplify, simplify, simplify. <laughs> it's, be, it's like if you and I – and w- I just a side note, guys. Like, while we were watching this, Sarah and I were – our jaws were, like, open. We were literally like, what the fuck are you talking are you speaking english well,
1: like, like, yeah, like i know when i can't follow things then like the normal watchers like, are not we are up a creek here yeah big time it's it was a lot yeah um oh and also yeah apparently <laughs> when you insert the locator tag you have to put it in really, really deep. deep otherwise the person will be turned
0: inside out <laughs> like what what is happening <laughs> just like diving straight off the sci-fi deep in yeah. here. Um, Gabe, our resident puzzle king, I'm so glad that he got the chance to figure out this code. Like, good for you, Gabe. <laughs> Thrilled for you. This is a fun exercise. Like, little Rub- Rubik's cube. I mean, it was absolutely useless. Yes, we'll get to the MacGuffin of it all later. I'm so mad. Well,
1: it's period. I don't think that the code being washed away is a MacGuffin. Uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. Obviously, Hope didn't remember when she had the code that she would need to protect it from being underwater um and that's kind of the whole conceit of this planet is like Octavia was stuck here because she couldn't get underwater like I think that all kind
0: of comes together very well yeah it's not a MacGuffin this time Mm -hmm. it is the second time and the third thing. I'm just saying it was really stupid to have Gabriel sitting here,
1: I don't know, like rubbing. What was he even doing?
0: He was, you. he was drying the paper and then using the imprints, the dents. To like rub to some rub charcoal, charcoal on yeah, it. Yeah, and I get, was, I was like, do you, do you think that's really going to help? Again, <laughs> Echo's like, what did she say to him? She was like, I'm glad that's exciting for you. And it's like, same Echo. Like, I'm glad this is exciting for you, Gabe. But like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> 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 what the fuck? Yeah. Um, I just this this piece of paper is it's dumb it's dumb in not not this first time around but the second time when he's like i tried to get the charcoal dentations to work it's not gonna well, yes that's what i'm saying like this just felt like a waste of time yeah it was a waste of time that's what makes it a mcguffin no i don't think that's
1: what makes it a mcguffin a MacGuffin is like something that comes in and solves a lot of problems
0: just because the writers wanted it to I, it's like this is the inverse of a MacGuffin. It's the opposite of my wake up in.
1: Well, it's not even that it, it's honestly just like a waste of, of space. Like there's no reason that he had to do this. It didn't get them anywhere. I guess the only thing it did was facilitate this conversation between him and hope, but the conversation was already a hot mess. So I'm like, we don't need to add
0: on top <laughs> it of it. It was this. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to call out that it's clear, like just by the way that hope like quickly and like so deftly switches gears, you know, that she's, she's used to adapting and she's used to improvising plans on the fly. and, And we we can infer from that that she's had to do this many times in the interim time of her being stranded at 10 years old to now. We know that she's been left on her own. She's had to learn how to adapt, how to think on her feet. Um, And obviously, she knows this planet very well. And she's just literally looks like a, a whirling whirl of dust here. I mean, yes, I agree with that, that she's obviously learned all
1: of those things just being by herself. But she also was raised by Dioza and Octavia who I think both have done a lot of adapting in their lifetimes. It's very true. Um, yeah, But especially Dioza, I think just that is something that's in her blood. <laughs>
0: yeah. But there's like a different energy that she has than Dioza. Dioza, when she's like formulating a new plan, is very calm and very direct and very much like, okay, plan A is out. Plan B is is officially being instituted here. You and know why, right? Because of the SEAL training. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. yeah, because of the SEAL training. <laughs> um. <laughs> You're welcome (laughs) That was my joke I know but I helped (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Hope has this Again This frenetic um, Almost like um, Maddening Energy to her That is Not Dioza Very very different Energy than Dioza had And and different than Octavia Who's like got this Like crazy intensity But is very um, Like You know Very focused uh, and hope is just all over the place. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's a hot mess. <laughs> but
1: she also, you know, grew up from ages 10 to 20 with, or I guess I don't know if it was all of ages 10 to 20, but she grew up at some point with some like random disciple guy on Bardo who also might not have been in his right mind. We don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. That's um, what I'm saying. But I'm, I'm sure that wasn't like a huge <laughs> uh, push for her to be, you know, super normal.
0: Yeah. So well, I don't think she was ever going to be normal.
1: I think she could have been A little more normal I think if Octavia And Dioza had stayed I think Hope would have had As normal I mean like honestly Hope would have had More of a normal
0: childhood Than anyone else on the show It's true I mean Despite I mean other than like The fact that there was No one else to socialize with Sure But yes I think she had I the mean mo- the most stable
1: Octavia had no one else To socialize with either
0: <laughs> She had to hide under the floor
1: That's what I'm saying Yeah And then there was like This added thing Where she was traumatized All the time So Hope had a pretty nice life growing up to age 10, I yeah. think. Um, I do want to note, and you guys know that I'm a big Echo fan, but there was something about the way that Echo was, like, taunting Hope about, like, oh, you think you're a killer, right? Well, you're not, but I am. And I'm like, Echo, shut up. No one needs to hear this right now. Yeah. I, it just, like It just seemed weird and out of place. And I'm like, why, why are you even being um, antagonistic about this?
0: I agree. I thought there was a lot of, like, really odd Echo moments in this episode. Yeah. It was almost like they had, like, a, a set of writers working on this episode who maybe don't, haven't worked that much on Echo before.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it just all felt like a little, just a little different flavor of Echo. Yeah,
1: it felt very flat to me. It felt almost like the way that I think Aunt, Echo
0: aunties Feel like Echo is You know Yeah Versus how she really is Yeah I mean They're just You're right There wasn't a lot of nuance here And I think You could technically Attribute this to just Her, her overall stress And anxiety About like Getting to Bellamy Um But it is still Out of character for mm-hmm. her Um I agree It was weird <laughs> Uh We learn in this scene That Bardo is a prison For wayward disciples So it's basically The Australia of the galaxy Yeah Fun times Except they're only sent to australia once at a time <laughs> and for a a dedicated amount of time and then they come back yeah time theoretically out. dev didn't come back yeah. that we that we know of it's uh it's australia is a timeout space
1: <laughs> um but so the guy the the prisoner guy did we even get his name in this episode Mm-mm. i don't think we did um he has a timer on his skin yeah That, like, moves, but it, like, looks like ink. Yeah, it's, like, digital ink. Yeah, it's not, like, an implant or anything. So, I'm,
0: like, what? It What? Huh? It reminded (laughs) me of that, you know, remember that movie, In Time? Yes, I do.
1: I was going to say that. Oh, sorry. No,
0: I'm glad that you brought it up. Yeah, no, it it was just like that. It's, like, I can
1: excuse it more in In Time because it was just some, like, stupid... You know, yeah, no, but film, it, it was but also
0: like the fabric of the show established that this was a technology that they had, and that mm-hmm. they this was just like a de facto part of that movie. Uh, whereas, like, I need to know how this works in this show. Yeah, I like to know the basics. I think they've introduced several technologies,
1: honestly, in the last two episodes. That I'm like, meh. Uh, can yeah. you, you know, elaborate on that
0: a little bit? No, we don't have time for that. We have to <laughs> talk about the workings of the anomaly for another 15 minutes. We have to talk about how deep you have to put a locator tag in because or otherwise your... you'll be
1: turned inside out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this guy is super creepy and his like doll situation is also super creepy and I do not I do not like it I mean it's like creepy but it's also just really sad oh it's so sad yeah I didn't mean to make it seem like I just like the doll thing really creeps me oh out. yeah I mean like the doll is literally like a shrunken skull
1: it is bad or was it an animal skull was there are there animals they never said they were animals but it was a very tiny skull
0: <laughs> I don't know Inquiring minds need to know. I don't know. I don't like it. Jellyfish don't have skulls. <laughs> no, they don't have bones. <laughs> floppy. Um and also I just want to state for the record here, I am now referring to this prisoner as not Cadigan. That is his official name until we get one. So That's fair. I brought that upon myself. You really did. <laughs> and I'm just gonna bask in this for a <laughs> little bit. <laughs> um and I also just wanted to say like Hope's plan to wait five years for the disciples to show up and then kill them and then steal their suits so that they can leave. It's like, that's, this doesn't seem like a very solid plan to me. I think it leaves a lot to be desired and I, I would like them to find another way. Well, in terms of
1: it being a solid plan or not, I do think she's had this plan before and I think it worked out at least for her. So yeah. Yeah. I think that is why she's able to be like, okay, I guess we'll just do this whole thing again. I mean, clearly Hope is a very patient person. I was just going to say, like, Hope, do you have an an infinity amount of years to live that you can just wait 10 years and then another five? Like, But, I mean, I guess she knows having lived here her whole life that there is literally one way off and it is now this way since they have no other way to, you know, punch in the code for the anomaly. I guess so. But I would like them to hurry up. <laughs> well i think luckily given that we are viewers of a tv show we'll get to see a time jump <laughs> yeah but that still sucks, that sucks i mean, that they have to spend five haircuts. does it though because it gives us those great haircuts i'm assuming that's where they get their haircuts from maybe but anyway moving on at the lake octavia tries and fails to make the dive to the anomaly which dioza tells her is impossible Flashing forward in time again, Echo, Hope, and Gabriel stumble upon the prisoner's picnic where he's playing chess with a bunch of long-dead corpses. They end up scaring the prisoner off again, but that's okay because Gabriel discovers that he knew one of the corpses. It's Colin Benson! Of course it is. Of course! A member of the original Allegius Three mission, which means that Colin, Colin has a memory drive in his head that could show them more clues about how to get off the
0: planet. And That also means that they are on planet beta of the Allegius Three mission um there's a lot to talk about in this scene uh you wanted to start with saying that I truly do love watching Octavia and Dioza just being domestic together like I would have enjoyed several more hours of them just like making nets together yeah that's fine I like truly could have watched an entire series of them just like living their daily lives that's what I'm saying like let that be the spin off (laughs) just
1: 10 years years They're doing nothing 10 years of material to work (laughs) on every episode we see Octavia do a dive she comes back she's unsuccessful and it's then like, they cook up some jellyfish it's for like dinner. a 30-minute
0: comedy I'm yeah. into this <laughs> it is it's like Gilligan's Island yeah we can really do something yeah with this. it's like you know a sitcom where they have like two the two two cameras it's like a, it's like an interactive set I'm on it I get it
1: <laughs> I love it um, um
0: and, and did you know yeah the Dioza had seal training I did hear that <laughs> also you're not allowed to live in the palace <laughs> I, I thought I heard something about that. Yeah, <laughs> she, she has SEAL training. You're not allowed to live in the palace. <laughs> uh, she has another good zinger in this in this scene where she tells Octavia that her watching her try and dive down deep enough to get to the anomalies, it would be boring if it wasn't so depressing. Which, like, when I say it isn't funny, but when she said it was hilarious. <laughs> I sure. mean, everything. That everything she assess- said it was funny in this episode. In fact, I don't
1: think that we quite gave enough weight to the fact that Dioza is back on our screens, guys. We knew, obviously, that we hadn't seen the last of her. We knew she was coming. We obviously saw
0: her in the trailer. But, like, I missed her so much. So much. She brings so much to this show, and I just truly, like, adore her. Yeah. I adore her. Um, So Hope, and we see this throughout the whole episode, clearly has a
1: very childish idea or understanding of echo and echo's past just you know she's learned everything she knows about echo through octavia and she's learned it in the first 10 years of her life so she was a kid um and and, you know octavia obviously didn't like echo a lot um and that's definitely transferred over in a big way to hope who's just like not here for echo yeah
0: i'm and part of me wonders if echo's aggression to or antagonism toward um oh my god there's so many I know names. if hopes an antagonism to echo is not in part due to hopes aggression toward her um I don't Wait, I still don't think that that makes hopes like, oh. aggression toward who toward echo like Say if again. if echoes not reacting if it is oh oh I you see what, what you're saying I'm, you know, yeah. same, so like I'm wondering <laughs> if like echo isn't just reacting to hopes aggression toward her but I still think that's off character um yeah, because Echo's bit.
1: usually very self-contained and she takes criticism um and um not what not threats but like things that are thrown back in her face. She always takes it very stoically. Yeah, she's a very stoic character. But um, I think in this for me I was like, wow, hope I think you uh you didn't really
0: watch all of the series. You just watched like a few highlights. She <laughs> did. And I mean, I think it's super I mean, I think that's a that's that's good writing right sure, it, it of makes course. it makes sense that yeah. she would have this very black and white view of echo from the stories that octavia had told her and like the the colorization that echo that like octavia would have like even unconsciously like transferred like you said to hope um that she would have internalized as a child without any nuance at all yeah um that's that's good writing there i will give them that <laughs> it makes sense
1: um, Hope reveals in this scene that the Bardo disciples were all raised to be warriors. And the ones who were actually sent here to Bardo are the ones who aren't pulling their weight. Or they're, like, not devout enough. Or they're not strong enough. Um, so, like, I think you, you, we naturally now can so, can expect that everyone who's been sent here to Bardo has something, quote-unquote, wrong with them by Bardo standards. Bardoan sure. standards. Um, which I think is just interesting. And I think it also it's a nice juxtaposition between like the flower children um disciples on sanctum as hope called them and then these like w- i guess warrior people which we still haven't understood quite what that means yet. Well, that's what i was
0: just gonna ask you is i mean the I, i'm interested to learn what their definition of war a warrior for the cause can look like a lot of different things are mm-hmm. they talking about like a physical warrior like somebody who is physically a fighter or are they talking about like a like a warrior of faith and like there are a variety of different ways that they can be like a warrior in that way sure
1: i mean they, they did say not strong enough which does make me think that there is a fighting component and all of the people all of the time pirates that we've seen so far are fighters in some way yeah like um, the stormtroopers with has awful shots yeah they haven't been like uh like ninjas but they've but they've had weapons um they've been like soldiers
0: essentially yeah they've been trained yeah yeah that's true I have another question, which is, did Hope learn all this stuff about the Disciples' culture and their rules from Dev, or did she learn it from spending time with them that we may or may not know about yet? I think she probably
1: learned it from Dev, because I don't think, I could be wrong, but I honestly don't think Hope spent that long in Bardo. Like, I would say she probably didn't spend more than a day. Oh, okay. Or or two. Like, I, I, I really don't think she spent that long, because honestly, Octavia and Dioza, i mean like octavia spent 10 plus years in the anomaly and was only gone for a few seconds and i've been like just trying to work out how all of the time would work um throughout with these characters but it does seem like hope herself couldn't have spent that much longer uh in bardo maybe like maybe it was a couple of days like i I don't know but i don't think it was like a month or anything like that for her to learn these things
0: okay we'll see that's interesting
1: um i don't think it's insignificant here that the prisoner's playing chess just you know we've already seen uh shade hedda doing it this season we've gotten a lot of allusions to chess before um and then there's an episode coming up called the queen's gambit and i don't think it's like if we looked at this chessboard right now we'd be able to like understand how the whole season's going to play out but i do think that they're just keeping on reinforcing this idea of chess and what chess represents which is like continuously thinking you know several moves ahead of your opponent yeah um and so i just like that little inclusion there yeah
0: it's a nice easter egg for sure uh so why do we think the prisoner named his doll hope well i feel like you have a really good answer for this so i'm gonna let you answer your own question
1: yeah well i mean i guess my answer is or my idea is and i'm not 100 percent sure that's what the episode was going for it was a little bit confusing the way it was played off but i think it was because we saw hope had her name carved um in the cabin like it was like when she was like being measured as she was growing up you know like they always have those like height charts um and so i'm like wondering if the guy who had been living there in the cabin for who knows how long he's been here um and started to lose his mind a little bit just like internalized that name hope and like Kind of started pretending that she was still there. Yeah. Um. I don't think he knows her,
0: but I could be wrong. Yeah. It's it's very vague. It's very conv- and it's also like there's this whole play on words, right? The the name and the word hope are interchangeable, and that is in itself confusing. So yeah. like, it could be that like it he felt like he needed hope. He literally needed something to hope for. And also like hope was written on the walls and it's like a combination of those things. And so he named the doll hope.
1: I wonder, surely not, but could it, is it possible that he brought the doll with him from Bardo? It's possible. I don't think so, but it it's seems like an odd
0: choice, but <laughs> I just, I I can't figure out who this doll is. Why there's a skull doll here. <laughs> I mean, I mean, It's been many, many hundreds of years, so...
1: Oh my gosh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, I guess we did point out in the trailer that... And it turned out to be Dev. He's wearing a really weird bracelet. And I don't know how significant that's going to be. But it is significant enough that it was in the... the the script of the show that Hope looked at his bracelet, his like yeah. woven bracelet. Yeah. So either it's going to be something important that like he kept all his life or it's going to be something that him and Hope like made together. Um, but it was just an interesting
0: looking bracelet. So I was curious. It was, it was
1: interesting. And I'm wondering if
0: it's not like another key to the anomaly kind of thing. It could be,
1: but I, I doubt think, it, but I think if he had been there with her for, you know, however long he was, why would he
0: not have wanted to leave you know no i don't mean like literal like you could like like a device i mean like maybe it had like the like his family's codes like inscribed Uh, on them or something like significant in that way yeah like the way that we like wear heirlooms and like family Mm -hmm. letters and things on like our jewelry um
1: yeah that that would be cool In the first of several times this happens in the episode, Echo sees the the like corpses C O L name tag, and she's like, "Oh, is it Colonel?" And I'm like, "Echo, you don't know what a Colonel is,
0: much less how to spell it. We barely know how to spell Colonel. You (laughs) definitely would not know how to spell Colonel. The Grounders didn't have (laughs) Colonels. No, and they also didn't have weird phrases that like you know originated in France that we still use in English because." Phrenology is weird But like still Also I don't think Echo knows how to read So like I mean I guess
1: it's possible But I think she knows how to read You think she does? I do I just don't think There was like much of a Reason for them to learn How to read on on Earth Because there wasn't Really I think she can read
0: English I don't think I don't know if Trigetta Sling has a Written language But I think they all Learn how to read English Because like We've seen her read Things before Have we? I'm pretty sure Yeah
1: I guess she read C-O-L Colonel (laughs) Um and then another, like, little irritation for me. There was a lot of them this episode, even though I really enjoyed this episode. But Gabriel cuts out the, like, memory drives from this guy's skull. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the memory drives are not implanted that far up. They're implanted at, like, the base of the spine. But, it, like, he, like, went up deep, you Yeah, know? this is
0: one of those things where, like, you are, like, nitpicking to a degree where, like, I just don't care at all. But, like, I totally hear you and I think that's fair because they spend a lot of time... Hyperfixating fixating on like the where memory drives and flames and chips are inserted and it's like you know that's such an easy thing to not mess up mm-hmm. why did you do that <laughs> i yeah. get it i don't care but i get it <laughs> <laughs> um we learn here that the the disciples most likely descended from the allegiance three mission and are in fact human yes well Yes,
1: to some degree, We know that some of them are human. I mean, I, I mean, I'm being Devil's advocate. I'm pretty sure okay. they're all
0: human. We are um based on this, we are supposing it is most likely that they are human. Yes, but I think we'll, and I'll get into this a little bit later, there
1: is also the potential that there are alien species out there
0: for sure., um, that defi- definitely does not negate
1: the possibility of aliens for sure. And Bardo is connected via this. This super highway The space highway um, So The you know- EAC
0: The East Australian Current
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh you know what I just It just hit on me In the um, opening trailer se- Or not the trailer But in the opening title sequence Yeah When we like see Bardo And it says population extinct What if there was like An alien civilization on Bardo Before this And they're the ones Who did the anomaly Stones and everything That is totally possible
0: and because because I, obviously
1: we're seeing the population on Bardo is not extinct. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, but they are all uh, transplants. Well,
1: that's what I'm yeah. saying. So, like, I think at first we had all just assumed that that meant, like, the Elegious prisoners who had been there were extinct. But now I'm like, oh, but, like,
0: yeah, what if
1: they were aliens? Yeah, could have been an alien
0: race. <laughs> yeah. Could have been E.T. Could have been. Um, the last thing that I wanted to talk about is, again, just, like, them info dumping, like, a crazy amount of information on us. I felt like at this point in the episode this inclusion of the allegiance three connection while i agree is necessary to be made i feel like in any other season would have um been given to us or revealed to us in a later episode i just don't think all of this information needed to be crammed in this one episode this was like overkill and at this point is when i started to be like okay my cup is completely full i have no more room in my brain to comprehend anything else that is happening here it's way too much information and like way too many docs to like the the gif of what's his face from um community no from uh um you know with the board the crazy board with the crazy eyes yeah um
1: I don't know. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. We all uh, know anyway, what we're talking about. The,
0: the, gif, the gif with the crazy, like, connecting the, the all the pieces and, like, the puzzles, and I just, like, I just feel like this is, like, the straw that broke the camel's back for me.
1: Yeah. Back at the cabin, Gabriel's able to play back Colin's memory from the memory drive on his tablet. Gabriel believes that if anyone could have figured out how to use the anomaly stone, it would be quantum physicist Colin. The first memory on the chip is of Becca, right after Colin had it implanted. As Gabriel keeps watching, Hope and Echo set up a watch, knowing that the prisoner is going to come back. So, first off, why the hell does gabriel have josephine's mind drive because we we see him here he like takes out a mind drive from his tablet and then puts in collins and he's like oh yes it's josephine i had to make sure she was really gone but we also know that clark definitely still had the mind drive when she went back to sanctum so unless for whatever reason At the end of episode 13
0: of season 6, before they went to the anomaly, he was like, can I just, like, take that chip out? I mean, I guess that's the assumption we have to make here, because there is truly no other explanation. That makes literally no
1: sense, and I, like, reject it out of hand.
0: (laughs) And, I mean, it's also crazy because, not crazy, but, I mean, we had a lot of theories banking on, like, Shade headed jumping from person to person with a mind drive, and Mm -hmm. if this is true, then Clark doesn't have a mind drive, and she can't be possessed, so, like, that whole, put this, puts the kibosh on that. Um, well, I also don't
1: think that Clark is going to be possessed anymore, just because that that idea of mine was hinging on her going crazy and being like, we are the last of the human race. But we see we that that's that just like
0: Clark. So. Yeah, no, 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 I, I get that. But I'm just saying, like, that was all presupposing that the mind drive was still in her head, which now I guess it's clearly not. And I have I truly don't have any other explanation. See, I'm not on the it's clearly not. I'm I'm like, I still
1: don't. I don't understand. I like I'm wondering is well, this a second one? Like what
0: what what is happening here? Because well, there is it, it can't be a second one because it has to be the one that they were okay using but last it, season because it he is like I had to make sure she
1: was gone. It cannot be the one that was in her head. They were like literally walking out the door when Clark came back last season, and we know she had it for that whole time up until they came back from space. So... I,
0: I hear you. I'm just
1: saying, like, I don't understand this. I hope they explain it further. Unless they're planning on bringing Josephine back, I don't get what the
0: point of this but we was. we do know that she makes an appearance this season, so... Do we know that? I thought we learned that there she has, like, some kind of cameo.
1: Yeah, but I think that's more likely... If it's that actress, it's more likely that it's, like, a, a hallucination or something. Sure,
0: that's what we... That's what I thought,
1: but we don't know that. Or I guess it could be something on her, her mind drive, like a memory. Although I don't know if they store memories in that way anymore. I'm not... Well, I guess they must if they're, like, they store all of your mind. Um, Anyway, I'll stop dwelling on it, but I'm just going to say that this makes no sense. It's bullshit. And if anyone has, like, an explanation for this, please write in and let me know, and I will definitely my own words but
0: (laughs) I I don't understand it either and I'm very curious to see if they uh, elaborate further because I don't get it yeah
1: um, moving
0: on. Yeah, but wait,
1: wait, before we move on, I just wanted to say there is another thing that Echo oh. <laughs> knows here that she shouldn't, and also probably hope, and it's that Gabriel is referring to these, like, memory drives as an airplane black box. <laughs> it's like, literally, they do not know what you're talking about. No,
0: no, and it's, like, funny, because they're like, oh, yeah, 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 of yeah sure, <laughs> sure. I'm a black box airplane. They both just, like, pretending that they're like, I'm not stupid, I know no, what you're talking right, about. I got it. <laughs> so true. Um, but we know what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, but moving on to the, one of the best parts of this episode, Becca, Becca is on our screen. albeit in another screen. She looks so damn good. She is smoking hot. She got bangs guys. She looks great. Yeah. Um, and Gabe of course reveals that he had a crush on her, which of course you did.
1: (laughs) We all do. Yes. We (laughs) all do. Get in line and join
0: the club, sir.
1: I will say, I hope that this isn't Becca's only use this season. Um, just because I, I think that's like wasting her, wasting that actress, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I I didn't read it as like the possibility of like her her only piece of this. But well, I mean, I think it's
1: a possibility. It's possible. But I, I just hope that she shows up at some point or another,
0: in some form or another, you know, in the season. I do too. I always want more Becca.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Gabe, again, honestly like giddy at the idea of exploring the whole universe with the anomaly stone and the bridge. He's got that lovely little twinkle in his eye that we talked about. So, again, take a shot. Um, Yeah, I mean,
1: goad. Goad. But also, Gabriel is me in this because I, too, am like,
0: oh, my God. You could just... No cryo. No mind drives. You just zoom. You just zoom around. Yeah, you just, like, walk through some green light and then you're on a different planet. Cute. Also,
1: you know what's weird? Echo and Gabriel didn't lose their memories. I'm just... It's not hitting me.
0: Both, Wh- yeah, because they're going the other direction. Like we've Oh, is that about. is that
1: No, oh, that's not what I admit. Is that what you think that if that's you go the I other direction? Uh, maybe No, because um at the end of this episode, Echo or I'm sorry, uh Dioza and Octavia, they like put helmets on them because they're like Anders wants them to remember. And that would be going forward to Bardo. Hmm. It's that's just bizarre. A, that's a good point. Maybe it's only when you come from Bardo Back to Sanctum. Maybe it's like when you skip a step, because I don't think they went from Bardo to Sanctum to, or sorry, Bardo to Ring to Sanctum. Like I think they went from Bardo to Sanctum. You know what I right. mean? Right. So if you skip,
0: if you skip a planet, then you lose your memory. Maybe. Maybe we're making I don't know. this up as It's we just going. bizarre.
1: No um, but anyway, so Echo comes in here in this this scene, and she's asking, "What for me is the most important question this season?" <laughs> okay. And that is. Clearly, the Eligius three mission didn't just, like, randomly choose two planets that were connected by the anomaly. Or if they did, maybe these are, like, the only six habitable planets that they can find in this universe or in this solar system, at least. I guess it's not in our solar system. In our galaxy. Um, If that's the case, then it just seems very odd that they happened upon three different planets. I mean, I guess we don't know if bardo was one of the planets but like we know right sure. we know um so my question is and gabriel kind of speculates as well if they didn't randomly choose this then there's this idea that someone at some point had to make these anomaly stones mm-hmm. um gabriel's like are they you know aliens who are looking for a new home or you know i am like it would be a huge waste of an opportunity if it wasn't our own people with time travel i agreed i don't think that it's going to be just because jason's been so adamant about no time travel um but i actually do now that i was thinking a few minutes ago about this bardoan extinct alien race um it could make sense that they were looking for a new planet because they were going extinct although for whatever reason like, they didn't seem to they only to- have
0: jellyfish to eat
1: but like Sanctum is pretty nice Sanctum has animals right Um, and there's still three others well yeah Bardo and then Sanctum and Skyring and then three others right Yeah. so like surely they could have found one place to live or maybe they were the precursors to humanity and that's why humans were on earth to begin with that would be really sad though if we lost all that technology and had to go back through the stone age (laughs) Anyway, <laughs> my my question really is for this season, who did the Anomaly Stones, who created them, why are they there, how long ago was it? I mean, on Skyrim, given how fast time moves there, it had to have been millennia and millennia ago. Yes. Um so, yeah, this is a question that I'm going to keep coming back to this season, and I'm sure they're going to answer it because this is a very big question.
0: Yeah, no, it's the central question of this season.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know if that's the central. It's the central one for me. That's I what I'm most excited for. I think it's one of for. the
0: central. This the central mystery. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I do. I think it's cool. Uh-huh. Um, more Becca talk. She tells Gabe, uh, I think, or she doesn't tell Gabe. She tells Gabe. Colin, I think time dilation is sexy. And I was just in my head, I was like, Becca, are you trying to kill Gabe? Are you going to give him a heart attack? I could literally see him getting an erection, like, as he was watching (laughs) her.
1: Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think for Gabriel... Becca's so long ago now he like went through his whole Josephine phase so like Becca's oh no. in the past I think he still has a flame a torch uh, I think it's just like a kind of um nostalgia really for Becca I, I mean think- obviously like of course he's still in love with her we're all in love with her but like not really no. I mean I'm like mostly
0: kidding but yeah. yeah um so anyway Becca Becca is like busy as fuck I I don't understand how there are enough hours in the day for her to get all the things done that she's done. Let's just review really quickly all the things that she's connected to in this in this series. She created Nightblood. She created Memory Drives. She created The Flame. She created Allie. She created Allie 2.0. She created... <laughs> Uh, she was experimenting In her space lab She was hanging out With Cadigan At some point She was burned at the stake She was burned at the stake But before she when was She was a- very young Before she was burned At the stake She was also working With the Allegis crew Giving yes. them the memory drives That's a lot Yes Like that's a lot of stuff i mean the show just keeps coming back to like oh becca did
1: this becca also did this becca did this becca did this like, becca- like <laughs> i'm sorry can we just like give becca control of the world although we kind of did And <laughs> she destroyed it, it was that.
0: <laughs> i also like when she called um lightborn a pompous ass which yep. is like so true agreed so agreed true. becca <laughs>
1: Um, we learn in this scene that black holes apparently play a role in why time is moving faster um, on this specific planet. And that does relate back to Interstellar, which I remember. It was because the planet in Interstellar was closest to the black hole, whereas apparently Skyring was, uh, what I'm guessing, too far away from the black hole in relation to the other planets. Um, and so that is why it, time moves so fast there and moves relatively I think, normal on Sanctum. It seems like it was as normal as it was on Earth. The times seem to have matched up in that way. Um, and I guess we, we really don't know about Bardo yet, but I'm assuming it's probably pretty similar to Sanctum.
0: Yeah, I think I think you're right. And also, great job on the interstellar um, hypothesis here.
1: Well, I mean, that's literally, that was just like a major blockbuster movie that had this same, except inverted, concept. So
0: Yes, but... still a great connection. Well, thank you. Because I didn't make it. Well, because you've never seen Interstellar. Because I'm not interested in it at all, but that's
1: fine. So Hope and Octavia are planting a garden when they discover an old time pirate body buried out in the tomatoes, like it's freaking secret window in here. Dioza wants to get rid of the body, but Octavia is determined to use the suit to make up her extra dive time and help her escape the anomaly. Later Octavia says goodbye to Hope but when she goes to leave she discovers Dioza destroyed the helmet ruining her plan. They tussle but ultimately Octavia is forced to accept that there is no way off this planet. She writes a letter to Bellamy telling him goodbye
0: and drops it into the anomaly. Yeah so again lots to talk about. Um, The first thing I wanted to call out is I really appreciate how they styled Hope to resemble a young Octavia. It's like everything from her bangs to her you know the clothes that she's wearing um it's just very similar looking to the Octavia that we've seen as a young kid in flashbacks um and it's clear that there is supposed to be that kind of parallel it was also one of the truly
1: worst wigs I've ever seen it was bad yeah it was it they weren't even trying no they just (laughs) slapped a wig on that
0: kid's head yeah (laughs) it's really bad um, I also really like the callback that they, you know, she's got earth skills mm-hmm. lessons that I, I really liked that. I thought that was a cute Easter egg. And I also love that Hope, uh, when Dioza calls her inside, she goes, copy that. It's just like a cute little dioza And it's like tiny little details like that that make you feel like these characters have really lived together for 10 years, six years at this point and, and are a family. And like, you know, they feel lived in. They feel real. Yeah.
1: I did want to make a note about the earth skills thing. Um... You know, the whole point of them learning Earth skills on the Ark was because they were at some point, someday, going to go back to Earth. So I thought that was really interesting that they called it back here, because theoretically Earth is destroyed, um, but they're still learning Earth skills, you know? Like, they should be learning Skyring skills, it's basically the same thing, but they're still calling it Earth skills, and I just like that little nugget of a hint that, you know, we still might need these skills because we still might be going back to Earth. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, it is interesting to me that Dioza is really against Hope learning how to fight. And honestly, I mean, I can see it in two ways. I see where Dioza is coming from. But I also think in many ways this is out of character for Dioza because she's so, you know, um, she's always so prepared for everything. And she's got to know, you know, no matter what happens to her... Um, and octavia at some point hope is likely going to be alone on this planet um and there's there's just always the chance that there's something more out there i mean like you said they don't know how far they've searched we don't know how big this planet is so just the fact that like diozo was so against hope learning any like protection skills was interesting to me yeah i mean i think
0: it's it's funny um the weird quirks that kind of interplay when you become a parent not that i am a parent so i obviously can't speak from personal (laughs) experience but what i would imagine is that your 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 greatest fears and your greatest um disappointments in yourself are the things that you're most conscientious about passing on to your children and i think Dioza is even though she, we don't know that much about what happened, but I do think that she probably was framed for a lot of it and was, you know, more righteous than the history books gave her credit for, I think ultimately was, like, deeply ashamed of her role that she played in the end of the world and, like, how that all played out. And um, I think just being that, having those abilities and giving her, giving herself the option to becoming that kind of monster in her own eyes... Would make her very reluctant to pass that on to her child. Um I agree with you. I think it's kind of absurd not to give your child as much preparedness as possible, but I do think there's some psychology at work there.
1: I mean, yeah, that's what I was saying. I, I like I fifty percent get it, but I also fifty percent don't. I think yeah. it's on that that teeter where it could have gone either way. but I still truly feel like, you know deep down, if they were truly writing Diosa properly, she would have prepared her daughter in this way too. I just think Dioza is one of those people who wants their children to be prepared for all things they could come up against in life.
0: Possibly. But, but maybe not. She didn't,
1: and uh, apparently Hope learned from Dev, I guess. So, or somebody. <laughs> um, I did want to note that whoever buried this, like, lady time pirate put minimal effort into digging this grave. They just, like, kicked aside some dirt and, like, threw her in there. Like, her nose was practically uncovered. I mean, we
0: don't know how long it's been, and, like, you know land shifts things happen like climate changes she could have been buried much deeper and then like come Risen, to the top like a zombie yeah
1: like maybe a zombie. but i like the idea better that someone just didn't give a you know shit yeah i think
0: that's also <laughs> just threw
1: her in a little hole that they kicked into <laughs> yeah
0: yeah true very true i do want to talk a little about a little bit about um hope and her relationship to octavia because it's it's very clear in this scene um that hope idolizes Octavia um and I think I think that really kind of complicates how Hope feels about Octavia uh, when Hope is an adult like I think like a little bit of the way that she has like internalized and like the way that she views Echo is not super dissimilar from the way that she feels and views Octavia and that it's pure like this is pure love Mm -hmm. she just adores her but Octavia spent her in t- most of her childhood trying to leave them. Um, and I think there is a primary urge in hope to save both Dioza and Octavia because they are her family. But I do think there is a latent undercurrent of resentment, um, that she is not ready to grapple with yet, but is surfacing in some weird ways, um, as an adult, uh, just, like, the way that she talks about Octavia and the way that she was, like, so quick to hand her over to get Dioza back. I think there's some something interesting in that. And it's obvious that the the idea of her hearing Octavia trying to leave so many times as, like, a very young child has, like, left a serious impression on her and has carried in through her adulthood. Yeah, I, I mean, I do think that it left
1: an unconscious impression on her. I don't think it's something that Hope has like grappled with um on a conscious level. Yeah, I agree. Um I don't think that she like easily gave up Octavia for Dioza. I don't think that was ever the no, the no, issue. I, I think don't. for Hope, she just thought I'm going to like play this out now like they want me to and then I'll go back and save them all and uh, you know, I I just feel like Hope is so um I get like like what you were saying, she's so pure just in the sense that she's naive like she doesn't have a strong understanding of the way that humans work because she doesn't ever know many of them um, until she's you know I mean she knows you know Octavia and, and Dioza growing up and then she knows Dev at some point but other than that and the people that she meets on Bardo for you know the days that she's there She's never met anyone until she goes to no, <laughs> She's like Jordan, you that's know? That's super true. And I'm curious to see if we what? Jordan and Hope. Curious to see how that's going to like the how that's meeting is going to play out. I'm yeah. not saying like romantic. I'm just very curious how the two of them are going to relate because they've kind of grew up in similar circumstances. Yeah. Obviously, Jordan was much safer than Hope was um, because Hope had to raise
0: herself for most of it, but I'm I'm just curious how they're going to yeah. relate to each other. That's a good question a good, it's a good point um yeah i'm just i'm wondering how hope will relate to octavia as an adult uh versus how she like is so purely like idolizing her as a child i just i feel like there's a lot to uncover here is what i'm saying
1: what i think is going to happen at the end of this series is that I don't know if Dioza will live. I'm about 50-50 on that. But I do feel very confident that Octavia and Hope will live. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that those two will kind of stay a family unit. And Bellamy will will be like her old family that she still loves, but has kind of moved on from in a way. Um, So I think that Bellamy and and her are going to be separated. And and her and Hope are going to be able to build something new for the future. I
0: would hope so. That's what I would like to happen. Yeah. Speaking of Bellamy... um, When when Hope is is sad uh, that Octavia is leaving when she's saying goodbye, um, she hypothesizes. She goes, "Well, we don't know how the anomaly works, you know, and I'll, I can bring back Bellamy and Maddie and Clark." Um, (laughs) Which I love that she's just like her default family unit. it was just like my heart exploded.
1: I mean, we all know too that Octavia has always been the number one Bellark stan. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that she just like didn't even include Echo. She's like, obviously, it's just gonna be Bellamy and Clark and Maddie. Yeah. And family. then Hope was like, oh, we like, and Murphy too, right? And she was like, sure, yeah, Murphy. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> what
0: is it with all these kids loving Murphy? I don't know, but I love this running joke. I think it's great. <laughs> yeah. I think it's so fun. Agreed. Um. I did also want to call out Dioza. Um, She's always been and has, you know, always will be a fantastic therapist. Um, But there was something about this scene that really struck me as, like, their their relationship is not quite equal, but it is as close to equal as you can get between the two of them as a dynamic. And there was something just about her, like, honesty and, like, her – the way she was talking about, you know, like, you know, how – desperate she is to like convince octavia to stay and like truly why she wants her to stay it's not just on behalf of hope it's it's for dioza too like Mm -hmm. she needs her and she wants her and she'll miss her like their family um that was really endearing and very refreshing and i just i really really loved it
1: i mean i love everything about octavia and and dioza being a family that just is what i've always wanted since last season <laughs> yeah
0: and she you know, always since
1: season six and she
0: asks Octavia like aren't we your family um and it's just devastating because yes yes they are a family now like it is c- clear and established yeah And I mean that
1: is why I'm sure that it is so hard that Octavia wants to leave them when Dioza knows like I will never see you again if yeah. you leave um I do want to note though Dioza keeps being like oh yeah your brother left you to die but like That was, like, the straw that broke the camel's back. There were so many other straws. Oh, yeah.
0: Octavia had, what, 27 chances? Octavia had done
1: so many terrible things to Bellamy, and obviously it was a toxic relationship to begin with, because Bellamy had this responsibility put on him that he didn't deserve, or um, that I think it it wasn't good for either of them. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... But I just like I, I don't want people to keep blowing over that. Like yes, he left her to die, but like she also threw him in the fighting pits to die as well. Yeah, like, there was a
0: specific reason he left her to die. Yeah, because he literally could not handle her shit anymore.
1: Yeah, um. So let's just let's just have all the facts, guys. When yeah. we're spouting these things. Sure. <laughs> um. But I did want to delve a little bit into the scene where Octavia and Dioza fight. Um. I had a bit of an issue with the way that this played out in the way that octavia decided to to stay um instead of leaving and it's that i don't think it was as impactful as it could have been because i think octavia really needed to make the choice to stay and not be forced into it um we see that she does start to kind of actively overcome this darkness that's in her uh and obviously that's a lot of Uh, Hope's influence and Dioza's influence um but I think ultimately to make that final leap you have to do it for yourself you can't just do it because you have to you know like you have to make that choice and I I think it would have been great if we saw Dioza not destroy the helmet like Dioza was really pissed at her but came to say goodbye anyway um and then they left and parted and you know, Octavia goes to the lake to make the dive and either hope comes after her or she just like, isn't able to do it herself. But I think she just really needed to make that choice to stay behind, um, for her and not because there was no other way.
0: Yeah, I hear you and I don't disagree. I think, um, in terms of this episode's arc, uh, I, I think that would have been really a lot more powerful, um, and emotional, I'm wondering if the reason why they did not actually end up doing that, because it seems like a weird editorial choice not to. um, And I'm wondering if the reason why they ultimately chose not to have her have this big realization and make this choice actively on her own is because at this moment in time, like, she actually hasn't gone through Like, she has a giant moment of catharsis and self-actualization and self-realization to come. And so... I'm not sure that she has the tools right now to make that kind of choice for herself. I think she, there is a lot of trauma still that needs to be undone and a lot of scarring that needs to be healed in inside of her. And they're all inextricably linked with Bellamy. And she says like, I need to tell him, I need to tell him that I understand and that she doesn't hate him and that it she truly does love him. And I think that, urge um that that kind of desperation to get back to him weighs so heavily on her that she can't honestly see how much this how much she they she needs them Octavia and Dioza I mean Hope and Dioza and I'm just wondering if if that was the kind of rationale that they that they made here
1: Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't work for me, to be quite honest. Like they they have this whole thing where Octavia needs to tell Bellamy that she understands. And for me, I'm like, but Bellamy took care of you like he was your father in many ways. Like he acted like a parent. And so for you to say that you understand, but then you're also, you know, trying to leave someone who's essentially your surrogate daughter um it just it didn't ring right and I realized that she hasn't had that moment of catharsis with Pike but at the same time she spends 10 years with Dioza uh the therapist and I feel like a lot of that stuff got dismantled between them while they were there on the planet you know yeah the only reason Octavia really needed that catharsis when she went back to Sanctum was because she didn't remember anything that had happened on Skyring and beyond um And so I guess for me, like, Jason had been like, oh, motherhood's really changed Octavia in this. Like, I saw him give an interview about that. And I do think that Octavia is like a mother to Hope, but I also don't think Octavia sees herself as a mother to Hope.
0: Well, I think it's interesting because I I, I sort of bristled against that, too, but for a a slightly different reason and that... I don't think Octavia is her mother I don't think they have that relationship I don't think she's a co-parent I don't see her as like a surrogate I any of that Dioza is clearly the mom mm-hmm. Octavia is clearly the at fun aunt at best the fun aunt at worst the older sister I don't like,
1: I definitely don't you think know? she's an older
0: sister so like I think the aunt is the clear winner there like that's her actual role and I think the relation they've esta- there's There's several establishing moments in this episode that really clearly emphasize that, like the fact that like they're like secretly tumbling. That like Hope feels that she can confide in Octavia in a way that like she could not do to a parent because if they're co-parenting her, then they have to be totally honest with each other about the way that they're raising their kid. So I don't. I mean, I think it's bizarre that Jason thinks of her as a mother and that this is motherhood we're talking about. It isn't. We're talking about family. That is for sure. I think, um, because of that, because Octavia is not her surrogate mother and doesn't think of her as her own child, I mean, she loves her and I'm not denying that at all, I think that there is, like, an interplay there, a little bit more leeway that I would give Octavia because she's not actually, like, the role that I think Jason thinks of her as. I do want to say I think motherhood is
1: something that's not as easily defined as you just put it. I think that Octavia... I think there are like there's definitely like the lenient parents and there's, you know, a lot of parents who don't co-parent very well and I think Octavia in many ways is like a mother to Hope. I would not call her Hope's mother. Um and I I also think that Octavia doesn't see herself as a mother. Yeah because i think octavia doesn't have the self-esteem to believe that someone could need her in that way Mm -hmm. um even after all this time although i do hope that it changed from you know when she finally stopped trying to get back to sanctum to when she was captured i hope that she was able to work out some of that um but i do think that in some ways she is like a mother and views hope as her person if not necessarily like her daughter you know yeah
0: no i I agree i i mean they she is definitely protective of her and like she
1: like i would say for me at this point i think hope is the most important person to octavia
0: that i think that is probably even
1: more so than bellamy
0: yeah i think that's true but i also think that like that doesn't negate the trauma and the the like psychological ruts that Octavia has oh absolutely and that a lot of them you know like spur her on and like weird behavioral choices that she doesn't quite understand herself which is why I ultimately think like this drive to get off planet and to like um to finally redeem herself to Bellamy and to let him know that it's okay and she understands is this like weird primal urge that like shouldn't like shouldn't be a thing anymore but yet still is um and this is just kind of the way that I'm rationalizing that yeah I mean I get that Octavia has a lot that she needs to tell Bellamy
1: but for me it just would have been better if she realized the more powerful draw was that and the way that she could honor Bellamy the most was to stay and take care of this child who is now kind of in the same position um as she was when Bellamy was taking care of her
0: yeah I don't disagree with that I think it would have been really really powerful um Either way, <laughs> glad we worked that out. Yeah. Up. Uh, I just wanted to say that I am, like, beyond super impressed with Marie's acting. I mean, she's always fantastic. I think she's an amazing actor. But her voiceover work when they were, when she was reading the letter, um, it was really good. You know, mm-hmm. I, I have a really hard time with voiceover a lot of the time. Um, it doesn't always work. But I thought that this worked perfectly, and I thought it was beautifully done, and I credit a lot of that to Marie. I mean, I loved this whole
1: scene, Um, more so for me even, the footage than the voiceover. I just really loved Octavia and Hope and Dioza kind of all settling in as a family, Um, because that, I think, is really what Octavia needed in her life, is to have a place to belong, even if, and throughout a lot of these 10 years, she doesn't feel like that place is where she's currently in Sky- On Skyring But um I just loved it And it seemed like A very ideal Simple life You yeah, know It looked fabulous Sign me up And I love her line Dio's is a pain in the ass But I love her like I love you Yeah
0: It's very sweet yeah. Heartbreaking
1: I also feel like Dio's is a pain in the ass But I love her like I love Bellamy <laughs> I don't feel like
0: Dio's is a pain in the ass At all I love her Purely <laughs> No conditions <laughs> As Echo's keeping watch
1: outside, she finds in the garden the letter that Octavia wrote to Bellamy, but Hope angrily wrenches it away from her. Hope realizes that the disciples must have known they were there because of Octavia's letter, and Echo ends up hugging her as she cries. Inside, Gabriel's watching how Colin was slowly able to figure out how the anomaly stone works until he finds the answer, but before Gabriel can record the code they need to activate the anomaly, the prisoner sneaks into the house and smashes the tablet. So... I guess they will be stuck here for a while.
0: Mm-hmm. So lucky this bottle was just like laying around for Echo to stumble <laughs> upon. Not contrived at
1: all. I mean, at least we did see when the bottle laid, th- like was fell there. Yeah. we saw that at the end. Um, but yeah, it is ridiculous that it's just like sitting just there, hanging about. But so it, it has been there since Hope was ten years old, and she never found it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no. She worked that garden day in and day out and there was this bottle
0: just lying there and she never saw it. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> There's some stuff in this episode, guys. Doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> um so uh, I also want to talk about I I had a really hard time connecting with Hope as a character for most of this episode. She's just like a hot mess. She is a hot mess. Like this like wild energy that she has is just I was very frustrated with her. She wouldn't slow down. She wouldn't explain herself. She wouldn't tell me anything. And I, like, was just like, "Dude, sit down. Shut up. Answer my questions." <laughs> don't shut up. But well, talk shut up. slower. Shut up about <laughs> the stuff that like I don't understand. I have in, I have questions that you're not answering. Um, and this scene was really the first time that I fully understood that. Like, sort of like got me swiveled into her headspace, and I, I finally clicked for me. And that's because. This is the first time that we start to see her really process the reality that they are now in, in this new situation. Um, it's it's clear that this is taking a toll on her mentally. This Everything about this place is a memory trigger and reminds her of her mother and Octavia and these simpler times and you know her childhood and she hasn't had a minute, most of it because she's herself been whirling around like a <laughs> Tasmanian devil. Um, to really process that and grieve for her time there and mourn her family and like miss them, truly miss them. Um, But the second that she's just forced to sit and contemplate, she gets super emotional. And like, that's the click, right? Is like, oh, she was doing this on purpose. She was like running around because she did not want to dwell on this. And that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. I mean, what you got to think of
1: is like for her, she didn't see her family for 10 years. And yet in the span of, you know days probably she saw both Dioza and Octavia again and she you know sort of kind of betrayed Octavia but I don't think that Octavia would even say that um and so she's gotta be like holding in so much trauma just from seeing them again absolutely and and having them so close but she still can't get to them which is devastating yeah Um, But I will say the scene where, or like the the part where Echo hugged Hope felt a little bit forced to me. I just, I don't know. I don't really see
0: Echo as like the comforting Hope or the comforting um, hug type. Yeah. This is another one of those examples where she's just like a little off flavor, like a little bit off from the Echo that we know. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, I could rationalize this and say like, I don't know if maybe this is like her spy instincts kicking in where she's just doing whatever she needs to do to stabilize the situation and hope is very volatile and has been very aggressive toward her and any kind of connection she can make with her or get her to trust her a little bit more is for the good. I could rationalize it that way. I don't necessarily know if that's where they were going with this. I think where they were going with it is
1: hope and echo are connected in a way now because they're both extremely desperate to reach someone on Bardo. Um, and they'll both do whatever it takes to get there. Totally. That I just don't sense. think they, like, fully made that connection in this episode.
0: I agree. And which is why I'm, like, it, it makes more sense to me that, like, her, like, spy is, like, at play here. I don't yeah, think Yeah, but, but I true. don't like
1: thinking of Echo that manipulative.
0: manipulative. I know. It's hard to think of her that way. But she was trained that way. She
1: was trained that way. But I do think a lot of that... It hasn't been dismantled entirely, but it's been softened for sure.
0: Oh, 100%. She's come a long way. Um, There's some... Uh, was this voiceover? This was like... A yeah, this was a
1: voiceover from Colin uh, yes. on his memory drive.
0: Yeah, he... Um, there's this like, voiceover of this poem by by percy and mary shelley
1: called mutability just want to say this is apparently the poem that he was saying over and over again every day
0: he was like obsessed with this one poem yeah as he's like trying to crack the code Mm -hmm. yeah 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 um and so i just wanted to like take a couple of seconds and talk about this poem because it's really interesting um the reason why i say that it was by percy and mary shelley is because it is attributed to percy but many of percy's poems were also written by and collaborated with mary his wife before he cheated on her and dumped her while she was pregnant with their child and then the child died and she wrote frankenstein um just some backstory there percy percy i thought she
1: wrote frankenstein when they were on that like retreat she was
0: inspired by that but uh, it was after all of these events. Gotcha. Um, yeah, he was a philanderer and seriously. First, of all, I did know that she but... was like born. She was like born into this really wealthy family. It was like bored of her life. This like romantic poet came by, like totally deflowered her. They ran off together, eloped. He was like a wandering philanderer. She was like fuck you. Uh oh shit, I'm pregnant. <laughs> There's like all this drama that happened. She miscarried. The baby died. That's why. Um Frankenstein is also called the afterbirth because it was like the next thing that she birthed after mm. the baby. Anyway, beyond that. <laughs> that was an aside. <laughs> that was an aside for anybody who didn't didn't go to English one oh one, but I digress. <laughs> <laughs> so this particular passage is quoted in Frankenstein and it, it occurs right when uh Dr. Frankenstein, because it's Frankenstein is the doctor not the monster Uh, When the doctor is climbing up the Swiss Alps and happens upon The creature for the very first time since he Created him and it's basically the Precise moment when he he has to Face um, the consequences of his Previous actions face to face and it's really The first time where he has to like Deal with his own Flaws and his past mistakes. He made his bed and now he has to sleep in it. Yes. So I think that's um, (laughs) particularly interesting to be overplaying um, as Colin is like figuring out the code and the anomaly that is about to introduce this whole world of Time Pirates that Mm -hmm. we were about to get to. And the other thing I wanted to say about this is... Aside from the uh, usage in Frankenstein, the poem itself is very, very, very famous. um, And according to Wikipedia, the poem has themes of transformation and metamorphosis and is the transitory and ephemeral is about the transitory and ephemeral nature of human life and the works of mankind, which I think thematically works beautifully, both in this episode, but also the hundred and also Octavia. The it, 100 and Octavia are
1: both very mutable. And they have will. a lot
0: of metamorphoses and a lot of transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think this like idea of the ephemeral nature of humanity and like the works of mankind in general is very relevant to this idea of uncovering this new kind of technology mm-hmm. and like the abilities that are gifted to humankind and dealing dealing with things that you should not meddle with. Speaking yes. of time travel. Okay. <laughs> Um literature lesson over. <laughs>
1: so yeah, we see so Colin actually discovers how to work the anomaly stone and he rushes upstairs and he sees the anomaly kind of rise out of the lake. Um and that's it. That's all we see from Colin. But we know that Colin either one and most likely didn't leave this planet or two, less likely left the planet but then returned at some point Uh but he definitely died here on this planet because his body is here obviously so what happened past him seeing the anomaly rise out of the lake i just i want to know so badly because if he had discovered how to work the anomaly why wouldn't he have used it you know what i mean well maybe he did use it maybe it brought people there it's possible well i mean i think it, it it's i i wonder i guess if he died as soon as he opened the anomaly because like people from Bardo came over and just killed him? That's what I was assuming. You think so? Yeah. Um and if that's the case, like how did they know? Maybe they get like an alert every time the anomaly
0: opens. Like I just I feel like the code that he's stuck in either brought them to him or like they, they clearly know how to work this whole thing. So there must be like a some kind of link there. Well yeah. That's true.
1: That is true. Like, what code was he putting in? Because we thought last season that them putting in the code on Octavia's back activated the anomaly, but what it really did was bring hope to them. Right.
0: So I was assuming that the code he, he put in brought the Time Pirates to him. Yeah, but like, did he just stumble upon some random Time Pirates code? That just seems like,
1: that doesn't quite fit with me. Like, I feel like there has to be more to the story I, here. I, I mean, I'm like, there definitely is more to all the story here.
0: I'm piecing... Very, very vague pieces. I was like, Gabriel, don't stop. Gabriel, don't stop. You don't need a pen. Just keep watching. <laughs> um,
1: I, I do a- want to note, though, before we talk about the pen situation. <laughs> I need a pen. <laughs> Does anybody have a pen? <laughs> so Hope had said that she was on Sanctum for a day, but hundreds of years had passed back here on Sky Ring in that time. Which means... The thousands, if not millions of years would have passed from when Colin first crashed on the planet to when they are now standing here at this point in time. Sure. Um and I'm just saying the cabin, the wood cabin that he built, is still standing after millions of years. The cabin? What about his skeleton? I mean, yes, that's true, but i clothing? I, I still think... think his bomber jacket? Okay. People can be mummified. And like last for that long. But you know what can't really a woodhouse, A woodhouse just probably isn't going to last that long. You know,
0: is what I, I'm saying. I, I agree. It wouldn't even last hundreds and hundreds of years. I still <laughs> stand by the fact that I can't get over that a skeleton is still sitting there. Well, and I guess, too, With like, clothes, where
1: did these skeletons come from that the prisoner dug up? Or, or or were they even buried? Like,
0: where did he get all these dead corpses? I mean, like, they said that he had dug them up for company, but I don't know if that's actually true. Well, and if he had, is there, like, a cemetery around here that he knows about? Like, I would where did they come from? Be more like a mass grave than a cemetery.
1: I don't think it would be a mass grave because I, it, I feel like these people died one at a time. I doubt they were all, like, dying together. Um, like, we saw, like, with the Time Pirate Lady it was buried in the tomato patch, you know? Like, just, like, random places, it seems, they have been buried. Sure. Um, and I don't understand how he found them.
0: Yeah. It's another mystery we'll just add to the pile. <laughs> um, which brings us to Not MacGuffin number two, which is this... So first we had the piece of paper, which we have all established, like, the first time around, fine, it got waterlogged, whatever. Second time around... Rubbing this piece of paper for absolutely no reason, it got us nowhere. Third thing, we work really hard, we retrieve, we meet Colin, we get the memory drive, we put the memory drive into the tablet, and then Bozo leaves it (laughs) it there inside the cabin to get a pen, and then it gets smashed into smithereens. So again, I say, what was the point? Yeah, it was just, I think... A way to give the episode more plot. It was a lot of jerking around. Like, they jerked us around a lot to gain almost no ground. We, yeah, we gained no ground. and No it, it, ground. We kept, like, being like, oh,
1: we have a way off. Oh, no, we don't. Oh, we have a way off. Oh, no, we don't. And now, like, you can't play that game three times in one episode. That's a lot. I really do not think they're going to get off until this
0: prisoner gets off. Well, I mean, clearly at this point, they can't do this anymore. Like, they can't, like, fake us out one more time or I'm going to riot. <laughs>
1: Maybe he can find a, a working tablet somewhere on that planet.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's also really lucky that he just happened to bring that tablet with him. Mm-hmm. And then fortunately. Which was waterproof, what, was, say, was waterproof but not shatterproof. It was waterproof but not
1: shatterproof. It's easily the easiest shattered the most easily shattered tablet I've ever seen. Yeah. Like it just like broke in half. It was
0: sugared glass. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. um. But the prisoner did say something interesting. He said that he serves the master before he smashed the tablet. Who is the master? Is it Cat again?
0: And here we go again.
1: Or Cat descendants.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. That's possible, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, but let's get into the very last scene of this episode. So Dioza, Hope, and Octavia are having a cozy night when they hear an explosion outside. Dioza goes to check it out and discovers that the anomaly has been activated, time pirates are coming out of it, and take her captive. Upon realizing that they know that Octavia is there, Dioza screams an encoded message for Octavia to hide Hope, which she does. Then Octavia herself is captured, and she and Dioza are taken to Bardo, leaving Hope behind alone.
0: All alone I know It's very sad It is um, At the beginning of this scene Octavia jokes around with Yoza About this like old t-shirt That she first wore When she um, came out of the anomaly On Skyring And it was just like a cute Little easter egg Slash reminder Of the beginning of their journey here And her arrival Right as they're about to come up toward the end. And it was just, like, a nice piece of symmetry that I thought they um interple- interspersed here. Gary. You know what we didn't talk about? What? Dioza's Britney Spears outfit. Or not Dioza's. Oh, Octavia's Octavia. Britney
1: Spears outfits this episode.
0: Oh, my God. She looks... I can't believe we didn't talk about it. I know. <laughs> she looks so... I, it's... I, I did not think it was possible to make Marie any more attractive, <laughs> but f- somehow they've managed to give her not one, but two amazing outfits. Yeah. Two. We got two. One uh-huh. was that like black one with, with the, the cutouts. Yeah. And it was great. And the other one, which was my personal fave, was this like fairy, gr- like forest green, like cottony getup, yes. which it's something that Britney Spears definitely wore in her video.
1: Yeah, in I video. was in, um... The snake one. Yeah, the snake one.
0: That's
1: exactly what, <laughs> the snake what was one. the
0: snake one? Oh my god, I'm so old. I can't I'm. I, there, it. There's so
1: many. How do you choose? She had. A, was it toxic? No. Dun 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 no, dun dun no, 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 it wasn't dun toxic.
0: It was the one on the floor. Hold on.
1: Um. While Brett looks that up, I just want to say that Octavia apparently like did very well in earth skills class when she was taking it because her sewing skills are on point. She has really created an ensemble.
0: I'm a slave for you. I'm a slave
1: for you. That's problematic.
0: <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's what it was.
1: <laughs> so yeah, loved it. Can't believe we didn't talk about it. And her ponytail, the, the triumphant return of what I dubbed the murder pony back in season four, which isn't the murder
0: pony anymore, but I still really love it. And I want her to wear pony- ponytails all the time. I mean, I just, like, there were shots of her in this where they really, just, like, I had a close-up on her face, and it was, like, breathtaking. <laughs> she is a goddess. And she's Greek. Yeah. So, like, I truly feel like she is descended from Aphrodite. <laughs>
1: um, I do want to say that I love that they've instituted a swear policy in the Dioza Blake household. Yep. Um, when Dioza swears, or I guess Octavia, she has to do the dishes, you know? That's and only, I love it. That's only fair. Yeah.
0: It makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm into it um again I just love their domesticity and honestly like I want to be there with them yeah I want to be there with them and like Diosa and Octavia bickering like an old married couple is just the cutest thing
1: did not uh Dioza even say that last season like look at us arguing like, like arguing? an old married couple yeah. or something yeah it was from the very beginning they forecasted. just had that <laughs> dynamic and it it's was wonderful so good <laughs> Um, But Dioza, she's, like, honestly just so freaking smart and so quick thinking when she gives Octavia that, like, hidden message to hide hope. Mm -hmm. Um, And luckily, (laughs) because of, like, the super awkward and definitely not, you know, planned at all by the writer's way that Octavia worded her letter, when she was like, oh, yes, I have hope, uh, the time pirates didn't realize that hope was a person. Right. So um good for you octavia for writing a weird letter yep I that agree. didn't make any sense do you
0: think that they had a, this like kind of coded plan in place as like a as like an in case between dioza and octavia like do you think that this was like a, a code they'd come up with before
1: no i don't i think octavia or i think dioza just came up with that on the fly um i don't think that they ever planned for anything happening because They've been alone here for 10 years, yeah, no, you know? Yeah, I, I mean,
0: I was just curious. Yeah. I, I, I was kind of waffling.
1: Um, but it does really kill me that Hope becomes the girl under the floor in this scene.
0: Yeah, the parallel is complete. Um, there is no mistaking the comparison here. And it is just really, really devastating that this kind of trauma keeps happening to our heroes over and over again um but very uh telling and very insightful break the cycle of trauma would be a good
1: way to end this series <laughs> that, i think
0: truly honestly that's the only way to end this series yeah really
1: although i i don't know if you can truly break the cycle of trauma and not have it be humanity you know no, i agree
0: that, that those are not it's not possible yeah. but i think maybe decreasing it <laughs> by a lot yeah <laughs> by a tenfold <laughs> Um I also wanted to mention there is a great musical cue here as Hope hides in the wall and um, Octavia is telling her to sh uh, there the music, which was like all very loud and sort of ambient noises in the background, distills to like a single piano uh, medley or melody. And it was truly haunting. and I just sometimes the show really does great things with music and it's it's not very often that it's noticeable but this is a, a scene that really worked for me i
1: will say didn't i didn't notice it at all I know. um but i did notice last episode which we didn't talk about the weird like rock music cues that they had toward the end of the episode that was playing over both like clark's um, speech, and then when they, when Echo and Octavia, or Echo and Gabriel and Hope were all going to the anomaly, it was just like one of those weird moments where I'm like, if I'm noticing the music, it's not good. Yeah, no, I think
0: that's fair. Anytime you notice music, that's yeah. a bad thing. Um, and I also thought that was super weird. Yeah. This episode with the rock music stuff it was an odd choice. Yeah. Um I know there are a lot of parallels to Octavia and they are very very overt. Uh so obviously not denying that. Um but I also think there are some interesting parallels to Echo here. She also was a young girl who was traumatized in the exact same way where she had to hide. I can't remember if it was under the floor or in the wall for mm-hmm. her um when her village was attacked by Ischeta and her parents were telling her to shush and be quiet and mm-hmm. to not cry and not make a sound. Um and so it is interesting that all three of these women are linked in that way. Yeah, you know, I think it's
1: intriguing to think about the ways that Octavia and uh, and Echo are very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes you wonder, you know, in a different situation, could one of them have been the other one? You know?
0: Yeah, no, and it's it's sad because they they do have a lot of um, similarities and afflictions, mm-hmm. and if they could help each other, if they didn't dislike each other so vehemently but to be fair i
1: don't think gecko dislikes octavia
0: i don't think she likes her I, I think she has like she's like fine fairly neutral like dislikes the way that bellamy like the, that octavia the, has treated bellamy yeah. i think it's colored her point of view <laughs> understandably um and yeah I, I it's just like another another character on the show whose childhood was cut way too short and has had to grow up way too soon and whose innocence was lost right before our eyes I mean join the club hope yep like every other hero on our show welcome (laughs) Welcome to the the (laughs) hundred
1: um it really is devastating to think that Dioza you know she'll leave her daughter on a planet at 10 years old and then just like you know maybe days later uh hope will be you know 20 when she sees her again yeah. probably not even days honestly um just well, trying to think it, like the time is very confusing well, we don't
0: know how time works on bardo yet so we just no we, don't. we just don't know
1: but it, it would be like very soon after Dioza left uh sky ring or Dioza was taken away from sky ring that she would see hope again and hope would suddenly be 10 years older yeah and just like losing that time with your daughter just Oh, god yeah kills it's, me it's um, devastating um and then just one last thing to note so we do see here that the time pirates helmets is apparently what allows them to keep their memory um and for whatever reason anders is extremely interested in octavia's and dioza's memories he wants to know uh what their pasts are and he wants them to remember so yeah so we'll wonder s-
0: what's gonna happen with that we'll see Till episode five. Yep. <laughs> um, okay. So let's talk about um, some things overall in this episode. Uh, starting with the meaning of the The title the Title is The Garden. Uh, I think there's a few things to call out here. One, obviously, this is a reference to season five when Dioza and Octavia were at war with each other over Eden, obviously named for Adam and Eve's garden. Number two, um, just thinking about a garden and what... That implies, just like on a very basic level, a garden is where things grow. um And while it's true that this this place is very verdant and very lush, uh it's also clear that the main thing that grows here is love and family. Um, oh, that's beautiful. And the oh, <laughs> thank you. You know, this this is an idyllic situation and a scenario, um, and a home for them. And you know, a, this like beautiful garden, this beautiful ha- haven, mm-hmm. and also this is an allusion to the biblical story of Adam and Eve itself, and the emphasis on not being able to leave or being prisoner there um and not being able to explore the outside world at all um is interesting
1: yeah i mean the way you spun that is interesting um with adam and eve i mean the the whole conceit behind the adam and eve story is that they're in this like paradise paradise and then that darn woman (laughs) eats the fruit of knowledge and they get kicked out um and so that there's the, the kind of when you like really examine that the idea that like paradise is ignorance yep. and knowledge is hell <laughs> um, and so I like the way that that kind of plays in I don't think it quite fits um,
0: perfectly no, but, but it definitely there are some overtones there
1: just that idea that like as long as you're here and as long as you don't know the truth about what's happening elsewhere you can pretend that it's all okay um, and I think that's what Octavia ultimately had to do uh, to, to make her peace with living on Skyring and not trying to get back to Bellamy it was just like I have to believe that he'll you know take care of his own business
0: absolutely absolutely um okay let's talk about our favorite line yeah let's do that oh you want me to go first uh no I can go first okay
1: um so my favorite line is obviously a line and it is just when she is introducing Octavia to hope or really introducing hope to Octavia and she says this is Octavia my friend <laughs> and just I don't know it's been like forever since someone even called Octavia a friend and I really just love their relationship and like when she said that I was just I
0: grinned it was just wonderful it was so sweet absolutely and you know um to bookend that my favorite line was aren't we your family because we start they're friends and they're friendly and by the time we get to the end of the episode they are true family yeah and it was a beautiful journey it was so sad that they're not together anymore (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, What was your favorite scene? Um, This was hard, but I think my
1: favorite scene, it was, like, a part of a scene, and it was Octavia's voiceover scene with, like, the family montage that we see. That just made me very happy, and they just seemed very settled in their life and like they were finally at peace which you know is what I want for all of the characters
0: a hundred percent and I thought that was a beautiful scene too and that was definitely a a top scene for me I also picked a partial scene um this was a very jumbled episode and there were Mm -hmm. not like full scenes that I truly loved all of it um but I did particularly love the Becca scene um and the parts with Becca I always want more Becca and I just thought that was really fun to watch and watching Gabe watch Becca was delightful (laughs) yeah
1: yeah so next episode is 703 false gods in this episode raven faces an unexpected threat and clark must keep the peace among opposing factions in sanctum Um, and i did just want to say here false gods feels like another kind of title that we should have seen before on the hundred or that we really could have seen before based on previous episodes um so again i just want to sure that they are doing something new with this and i'm curious i'm assuming the false gods things is going to be about the primes um and i don't know how that's all gonna play out but i i just want it to be fresh <laughs> yeah i want it to be fresh
0: too also false gods is a taylor swift song there you go just maybe that's that what it's there. named after Definitely. what's the false gods song about uh, her relationship like with her boyfriend joe and how they like are basically worshiping each other and it's like their own they're creating their own religion about their relationship beautiful it was it was a great, <laughs> song. It was a great song guys um okay that's our episode uh you can find us uh you can email us at skycastcrew at gmail.com that is s-k-a-i-c-a-s-t-k-r-u at gmail.com you can also tweet at us at skycast and you can tweet at us at our own twitter accounts i am at bperlman89 and i'm at sarah r mccabe and that is our episode so until next time guys may we meet again may we meet again bye